Guys, SaaS Open is our next big event in New York City, March 16th and 17th. We'll have a thousand SaaS leaders all sharing how they built their companies. Our keynotes are Henry Shuck, Marie Martins from Tally.SAO, Serby from Symbol, Christopher of DocHub, who had a big exit. Again, hundreds of speakers, a thousand plus attendees. And we've got folks bringing their entire executive teams because we have stages for founders, heads of product, head of finance and BD, CMOs and CROs, and then a people in HR stage. It's going to be special. Prices are increasing every week, so you don't want to wait. Go to sasopen.com right now to see what the ticket price is and lock in your spot today. Again, that's sasopen.com, March 16th and 17th in New York City. Tickets are almost sold out. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Salesscreen.com launched back in 2011. They hit 2 million bucks in revenue in 2017, raised some early secondary, some early primary, used a credit line just as a backup. Today, they're doing about $8 million in terms of run rate, serving 350 customers. They're moving upstream. ARPU has doubled the past 12 months. Each customer is paying on average 2500 bucks per month as they look to continue to scale, really selling into big real estate companies and insurance companies, helping incentivize and gamify their sales reps to hit certain pipeline targets. Hey folks, my guest today is Sindre Holland. He founded Sales Screen in 2011 when he was 22 years old in Norway. He has a Master of Science degree in Industrial Economy and Technology with a specialization in Computer Science from the Norwegian University of Science and Technology. In 2019, he moved to New York City and today he travels back and forth between the US and Europe as he builds his sales gamification SaaS called salesscreen.com. Sindre, you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. Is this like get your get your sales reps to play a game so they actually use the software and keep their pipeline updated? Yeah, you could say that in a way, <laughs> in a way, but uh, more so, I would say you kind of have a business outcome you want to reach. Let's say build pipeline as an example. You break it into actions that the individuals themselves can influence, and you apply game like elements on those to kind of get them more excited, engaged, do more of those activities, and obviously, mathematically, it's going to lead to more. Pipeline. So that's great. So give us an example of a customer paying you today. What are they paying you for exactly? So it's uh, usually that use case if it's in, in the soft space on the software, but uh, we're the biggest in like insurance and uh, real estate and more transactional B2C types of environments. So it's uh, to motivate their sales team to goal. That's our mantra. Uh, so they're paying us per seat uh, for SDRs or sales teams. Um, and it could be clients like, you know, SAP or uh, uh, Seismic or uh, IAD or, yeah, a lot of different types of customers all over the globe. Mm-hmm. And are they still paying about $29 per user per month? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I guess uh, we have a couple of packages, so you could get it at even cheaper, uh, which is the recognition package where you get more of the visualization that's core. And if you want the full gamification, it's typically around $500 per user per year. I see. Okay. Uh, well, the so what is the, the more discount or you know lower the entry prices? I guess just to avoid talking about every single potential use case and price point, what's the average customer pay you per month? Would you say? 
uh, per month uh, average right now it's two thousand five hundred dollars around okay. there. That's great. So you've increased that almost 2x, actually exactly 2x since the last time we spoke back in late 2021. Um, you also mentioned in late 2021 that you were in the middle of doing a capital raise. Um, obviously, now it's very hard to raise capital. But what happened to that capital raise in 2021? Did it close? Did you stop it? What happened? Uh, we did a small bridge. Uh, and that is uh, luckily for us sufficient uh, to keep going uh, so we're profitable within the next 12 months uh, but the major capital race that we were looking for also had some secondaries and uh, that felt short uh, when the market crashed we we didn't yep. feel hot on racing in in a in a market like that so we pulled, I think we you pulled did, the trigger on that you did you did though i think you did this very smartly your first ever external capital i think was in 2017 for and you it was four million two million was secondary i think right it was in 2018. Uh, so we had a uh, 2 million primary, 500K in secondary. Uh, and then we did a uh, top off in 2020 when COVID came uh, on similar amount. So, yep. yeah. Oh, what's going on there, YouTube? Good to see you guys. Now imagine this. You love watching these interviews with SaaS founders, but imagine if we took all of the valuation data out from over 2,807 interviews I've done manually. Saves you a lot of time. Well, we've done this. We've built it into the beautiful interface inside of FounderPath. Check this out. I'll show you how you can access this in a second, but you log in, you connect your Stripe account, you see your valuation real time, you can see what it changed over the past 88 days, and even set goals for valuation this year. Now, the secret valuation is there's many different ways to value a SaaS business. So the reason you're going to see three or four different valuations inside of your FounderPath dashboard, this is all free, by the way, is because depending on who's doing the buying of your SaaS company, you're going to get a different valuation. A VC is going to pay a different valuation. Private equity firm is different. If you're going to do a minority sale, that's different. And if you sell the whole business, that's a different valuation. You can see all those when I hover over here. All right, so the teal is what a VC would pay, yellow is what private equity, and red is if you sold the whole thing outright. Now, what's cool about this is this is not built off random data. Again, you guys hear these interviews on YouTube. All these data are built from real-time valuation data points founders share with us on the show. So traction, 1.2 million, seed round, 3.7 raise, they sold 22% of their business. Go in here and filter by the event. Maybe you only want to see companies that have sold the whole business. Well, here are a bunch that have been acquired, the valuation and the multiple. Maybe you're going out right now and you're raising your seed round. Well, go in here and look at all this recent seed deals that went down, what they raised, what valuation they raised at, and what percent that they sold. There's never been a larger data set of SaaS valuations than what you can get now inside of FounderPath, and we're thrilled to bring it to you. All right, we're going to go back to the YouTube video here in a second, but if you want to check this tool out, if you want to jump in and sign up, you can check it out for free to get your valuation at this link, this link, founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations, or if you go to founderpath.com and hover over products, click on get your valuation here and go ahead and sign up to give it a whirl. Again, all that valuation data live right inside the platform. I hope to see you there. All right, let's jump back into the interview. There's a lot of founders at your stage that they go, Nathan, like, I don't want to raise VC and ride that boat. I always tell them you got to get secondary even on your first round. And so many of them founders struggle. They don't know how to ask with confidence mm -hmm. for that secondary. How did you do it? How did you structure it? How'd you get it done? I think we were one of the fortunate ones that got approached by quite a lot of VCs since we didn't raise anything prior to that uh, date. 
Uh, and for them to kind of like sweeten the deal, they suggested that themselves. So uh, yeah. it was more a question of how much did we we need or want, and uh, we didn't want to sell everything. So, you know, it became a smaller seed round or call it whatever you want. Sindre is the pretty girl walking down the street that everyone is chasing, saying, please take my secondary. Please, please, please. It's a good position to it be in. It usually helps. <laughs> it does help. It does help. Now, last time we spoke, you were working with 400 customers. How many are you at today and what drove that growth? Um, yeah, I guess it's a bit of the go-to-market strategy at that point. We wanted to to take in any type of customer. So we went fairly broadly and we didn't have like a, a dialed-in ICP. So it was a lot of SMBs as well. Uh, so the reality is that we were probably not, uh, I think we're even fewer customers than that today, like uh, around 350, uh, yeah. but much uh, larger, uh, as we also talked about with average contract value. So um, I think we've uh, we've done a major shift in going up market, and that's been quite successful. And it sounds like you've still driven, obviously, revenue growth, despite the smaller number of just customers without looking at ARPU, right? So if you have 350 customers at 2,500 bucks a month, I mean, you guys are right, right around 850, 900 grand a month in revenue, right? Yeah, we're uh, a little bit, uh, well, uh, around $8 million. We've had a bit of uh, unfortunate luck with the US dollar lately, uh, since we have uh -huh. quite a lot of customers uh, invoiced in, in uh, Great British Pound and Norwegian Kroner and such. So uh, yeah, that's uh, taken a bit of a hit uh, last uh, 12 months, but still. Pretty good. Yep. Well, that can come back. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But exactly, you, you still driven nice growth here from about a six million run weight at those currency values in twenty twenty one to eight million dollars today. You also, I think, mentioned you you did leverage, I think, a four million dollar loan in twenty twenty to preserve equity. Is that right? It was kind of like more of a credit line. So we haven't really drawn uh, a lot on that. Uh, so we still have that as a buffer. Interesting. How do you um, how do you think about that in terms of getting access to capital during a recession? Well, I think it's a brilliant way to get uh, access to capital during a recession. So if you have recurring revenue and it's fairly predictable, you can leverage, you know, um, even your uh, setup or vessel uh, to get uh, either a credit line or some loan uh, upfront, so you can continue to invest or have a better runway to your next fundraising. So mm. um, I advise people to look into that if uh, if they haven't done so um, already. Yep. If you did pull money off that $4 million line, what interest rate would you pay? Around 7%. 7%. Interesting. And is that fixed? Like obviously 2020 so far didn't increase 4%. Has that has that facility, whoever is behind that facility, increased that rate on you over time? Or no, it's fixed at 7 It has gone up uh, a couple of times. Yeah. Interesting. So in order to lock in the interest rate, you've got to pull the money and then, but then you have to pay the interest rate even if it's sitting in your bank. Yeah, exactly. So in this case, you can actually pay it back as soon as you have the money, um, which is uh, great, you know, when you have fluctuations in seasonality and stuff like that. So that's that's great. Okay. Any plans to raise capital right now or you're you're sitting tight? Uh, I mean, in this market, uh, if the price is right, we'll do it. Uh, I think that uh, we would benefit greatly from it, but it's not a, an active push uh, on our side right now with a bank or anything like that to raise. I think... Uh, Maybe after summer, uh, it's going to be brighter times and we'll see what happens. What would be the right price today? Uh, that's uh, hard to say. You know uh, you know the multiples uh, and how far the, down they've gone. So it's not like uh, we expect uh, double digit uh, multiples at this stage, but um, you know, um, yeah. So you'd consider something at, you'd consider like an 8x, 9x if someone approached you with that, yeah, you'd look at it. We, in this yeah. market, you would be insane not to, honestly. So, 
yeah i do think we're gonna bounce back to that level um hopefully not in a too far distant future how do you manage how do you manage that because like an 8x multiple on 8 million revenue today would be a 64 million valuation but i seem to remember you telling me last time we chatted that you had 120 million rep valuation on your last priced round which means you have to have a weird conversation with employees that have option grants because they could effectively be underwater how do you have that conversation I'm not sure where you got that number from. Actually, uh, we were never valued at that okay. level, or actually, we were, but we didn't accept that offer. So I guess technically, you're ah, correct. that's where I got uh, it from them. So <laughs> <laughs> we've never taken a round at that level. Let's say it like that. We've had term sheets, but that's a different thing. I see. So would you say it's a good thing you didn't take uh, raise that money at the higher valuation because then all the options would be underwater? I think many people struggle with that right now. Um, was it smart to not race it? I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't say that either. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, with our last uh, couple of minutes together here, let's talk more about product, which is what I love, right? What's, what's on the product roadmap for sales screen? Um, for this year, it's, it's actually simplifying it a bit um, and uh, making it just easier to maintain and use for our clients and uh, make sure that they get value and they see the value directly inside the tool. Uh, we're going to work a bit more on uh, the front end. So new competitions, new competition layouts. And uh, it's always fun and exciting. Uh, and we're also actually building a new PLG motion. So that's taken quite a bit of uh, resources. But uh, I think we we have to. Um, and I think it's a really brilliant way to get your customer acquisition cost down. So we're exploring that now. And hopefully, we'll have something live in uh, a couple of months. There you go. And how many folks are full-time on the team today? Uh, on the product team, just uh, the whole or team, everybody, whole team. Yeah, uh, we're just north of forty people around there. Okay, forty, forty. Okay, I think last time you told me fifty. So you did have to let some people go try and get we your cost structure. That. Yep, I think that uh, again, uh, the world has changed. So uh, we, as as many others, had to look at um, you know efficiency, and uh, now we're at uh, yeah, well, one hundred and seventy five to one hundred k per per person, and that's much uh, better. Yep, revenue per employee. How'd you do it? Was it a group meeting in person? Was it an email to the team early in the morning? And then you Oof. move them all from Slack? Like, how, I mean, this is a hard thing, right? But how do you do yeah, that? Yeah, it is. It is. Now, uh, in our case, uh, we did one on ones with everyone uh, that was uh, affected. And uh, we did it back uh, back to back uh, in one day. Oh, wow. Uh, that must have been a training day. Oh, yeah, it wasn't fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't uh, want to do that uh, too often. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's life uh, and that's business, unfortunately. Uh, and um, it really is a terrible feeling as a CEO and a founder specifically uh, to let people that you love go. But at the same time, you have to uh, think about the ones that are left and securing their livelihood. So that's what yes. you have to do as a leader. Well said, Sindri. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your the last book that you read? <laughs> Actually, I don't even remember. It's been too long. <laughs> okay, we'll say none. It's the only podcast these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a CEO or founder that you're following or studying? Um, no, not really. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building sales screen? For building sales screen? Uh, Visual Studio. <laughs> Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Oh, I have two small kids, so six maybe. Okay, that's still pretty good. Lucky. With two kids so two two kids and I said, so are you married? Yeah, I'm married. Okay, married with two kids. And how old are you? I'm 33 years old. 33 years old. Last, last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Um, 
I guess uh, the value of uh, a tight ICP. <laughs> Guys, there you have it. Salesscreen.com launched back in 2011. They hit 2 million bucks in revenue in 2017, raised some early secondary, some early primary, used a credit line just as a backup. Today, they're doing about $8 million in terms of run rate, serving 350 customers. They're moving upstream. ARPU has doubled the past 12 months. Each customer is paying on average 2500 bucks per month as they look to continue to scale, really selling into big real estate companies and insurance companies, helping incentivize and gamify their sales reps to hit certain pipeline targets. Sindre, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you. One more thing before you go. We have a brand new show every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central. It's called Shark Tank for SaaS. We call it Deal or Bust. One founder comes on, three hungry buyers, they try and do a deal live and the founder shares back-end dashboards, their expenses, their revenue, ARPU, CAC, LTV, you name it, they share it. And the buyers try and make a deal live. It is fun to watch every Thursday, 1 p.m. Central. Additionally, remember, these recorded founder interviews go live. We release them here on YouTube every day at 2 p.m. Central. To make sure you don't miss any of that, make sure you click the subscribe button below here on YouTube, the big red button, and then click the little bell notification to make sure you get notifications when we do go live. I wouldn't want you to miss breaking news in the SaaS world, whether it's an acquisition, a big fundraise, a big sale, a big profitability statement, or something else. I don't want you to miss it. Additionally, if you want to take this conversation deeper and further, we have by far the largest private Slack community for B2B SaaS founders. You want to get in there. We've probably talked about your tool if you're running a company or your firm if you're investing. You can go in there and quickly search and see what people are saying. Sign up for that at nathanlacka.com forward slash slack. In the meantime, I'm hanging out with you here on YouTube. I'll be in the comments for the next 30 minutes. Feel free to let me know what you thought about this episode. And if you enjoyed it, click the thumbs up. We get a lot of haters that are mad at how aggressive I am on these shows, but I do it so that we can all learn. We have to counter those people. We got to push them away. Click the thumbs up below to counter them and know that I appreciate your guys' support. All right. I'll be in the comments. See ya.